Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. We have recently moved our Sunday services and midweek connect groups online to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Join us for Church at Home this Sunday by logging on to christchurchlondon.online.church at 10am, 11am, 5pm, 7pm or 8pm for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Hi everyone, it is so good to be together this morning. Being online is not as good as being in person, but it is still amazing that we get to do this. And we are starting a new series today where over the next few weeks we are going to be looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never heard that phrase before, it's found in the Bible in a letter that was written to the church in Galatia that we know as the book of Galatians. And it's a phrase that's basically trying to give a picture of what life with God looks like. That when we live with God, he actually grows gifts in our lives. A bit like fruit grows on trees. So Galatians chapter 5 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh to live selfishly, but instead serve one another humbly in love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Now, if you brought me a fruit salad, I would thank you for, and I would love the peach, the melon, the mango, the apples, the bananas, but I would look to give away the pineapple, the orange, and the grapefruit. Galatians chapter five is not a fruit salad. We don't get to pick and choose the bits that we may like or want. So for example, you know, I'd love to be faithful, but there's no way I will ever be able to be patient, or I love my gentleness in my life, but I'm not really into self-control. That is like trying to choose bits of God and it is impossible to do. The fruit as it is listed here in Galatians chapter five is different parts of a whole. It is different active expressions of one thing, love. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives is what the presence of God, love, feels like and looks like lived out. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at these different expressions separately. Now, you can't separate them because they kind of each explain each other. But we are actually going to take each part and look at it just so that we can delve into it a little deeper. And today we are going to give our attention to joy. Now, I don't know where life finds you today. We are currently around week four of lockdown due to COVID-19. And maybe you have been deeply personally affected by this disease. You've suffered grief and loss. Maybe you have questions over your future in relation to your job. Maybe you haven't been personally affected, but we are all living in this communal pain and craziness of it all. And there are also other illnesses and difficult circumstances that you may be walking through. And at the same time, life is still happening. There's celebrations, there's babies being born, there's neighborly love growing, spring is blooming. There's all sorts of stories and seasons that we will be carrying in our hearts. The Christian faith, the the life with God, the words in the Bible are not just for one type of person in one particular season of life or culture. They are for every single human being in every season of life, in every time in history. And so with that in mind, what does the Bible have to say to us today in these times about joy? 
Well, the best person that we can look to for what a life filled with joy looks like is Jesus. And there's some words that were written about him in Hebrews chapter 12, and there are 10 words that we are gonna look at now. And they may be unexpected when they say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy helped Jesus endure the most painful, distressing time of his life. How does joy do this? Well, the answer to that question will all depend on our understanding of what joy is. Maybe you've been using this time during lockdown to have big clear out, you've been doing DIY, you've been sorting your stuff out, your wardrobe. And if you have been, the words of someone may be ringing in your ears. Marie Kondo is particularly popular a little while ago and she has a series on Netflix. She has helped people actually sort their stuff out. As she said, hold up what you own and feel it and ask yourself the question, does this spark joy within me? And she said, if the answer is yes, then keep it. And if not, give it away. And maybe you have found that helpful. And if you have, then brilliant. And the way that she would define joy is a flutter, a thrill of excitement. But the joy that the Bible speaks of is not a flutter or a feeling. The joy that strengthened and sustained Jesus is not of this earth. His joy was knowing that enduring the cross was what was gonna to lead to the defeat of death. It was the cross that would lead to resurrection. It was the cross that would lead him to be one with his father and with us. It was loving and being loved. The fruit of God in all lives is the joy is from eternal spiritual realities. Our joy is knowing that we are one with God. Our joy is knowing that we are loved, not with an earthly love only from other people, but with an eternal, unchanging, profound love that is forever defeated death and is actually beyond what we can comprehend or ever imagine. It's a love that calls us to be free. And this is the joy that we are talking about today. And sometimes this joy will make us laugh. It will give us excitement. We will love it and we'll dance and we'll talk about it. And sometimes it will bring comfort. Sometimes it will be a deep peace. Sometimes it will strengthen or lead us to quiet wonder. And there's so many things that we could say about this joy. But for today, I actually wanted to draw our attention to two things. And the first of these is a lament. And the second is eternity in the light of eternity. And to lament is to grieve and mourn with God. It is to bring our confusion, our fear, our sadness, our suffering, our loss, our questions to him. To lament is actually to long for another reality. It is to recognise that things are not as they should be. It is a way of processing that actually there is grief and death and loss and suffering in this world. The world is broken and we will experience the reality of that. And it is bringing that to God. A lot of the Psalms, the poems and the songs in the Bible are Psalms of lament. And there's phrases in there like, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Day after day, I've got sorrow in my heart. God, I'm in distress. My eyes are weak with sorrow and my body with grief. 
These ancient songs and poems often remember the way that God has worked in the past and they look to how God would work in the future. But as G. Brooke Lester says, Psalms of Lament gaze unflinchingly at the present reality of pain. And these Psalms give us words that can become our own prayers, our own prayers in times of grief and suffering. And Jesus lamented, he wept over Jerusalem as he was filled with compassion for this city. He wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus, even though he knew he was gonna bring him back to life. Jesus wept and poured out his heart to God in the garden of Gethsemane, just before he was arrested when he pleaded with God that there might be another way. And Jesus actually used the words from Psalms when he cried out the words from Psalm 22 as he hung on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was present in his own pain and the, pre and the pain of his people. Lamenting helps us to endure suffering and walk through pain because it's as we bring that to God, as we bring our grief to God, his presence actually meets us in that place of our lives. His presence is the gift. As we lament with him, he actually brings his healing and his comfort and his presence and his hope and a joy that strengthens and sustains us. You know, it's well known that we can't pick and choose the emotions that we want to experience in life. If we're going to numb one of them, we're going to actually numb ourselves to the depths of all of them. If we want to know the fullness of joy, we need to gaze unflinchingly at the present reality of our pain. If we don't lament, how will we process what is happening? If we don't lament, how will we experience healing? If we don't lament, how will we live with compassion and empathy? If we don't lament, we're in danger of stunting the growth of joy in our lives. And we're told when Jesus endured the cross that it was for the joy set before him. Jesus knew the cross wasn't the end. He saw his suffering in the light of eternity. Where have you been looking for joy? Have you been looking for joy in the flutter or the thrill of excitement? Would you know this, what we're talking about today is an eternal joy, a joy that runs so deep that it sees us through whatever season of life we encounter. Our suffering here on earth is not the end. There is a day coming when there will be no more pain, there will be no more sadness, there will be no more death, there will be no more tears. We grieve, but not as those without hope. And I wanna to finish today by telling a story that Jesus told. It's about a family. There's a dad and two sons. And one of the sons comes to him one day and says, Dad, I want my inheritance. I want everything you would have given me um, when I'm older and when you've gone. And so the dad gives him everything and the son goes away and he has a wild and crazy time. And basically he just um, spends it all and he finds himself left with nothing. 
and we find him he's actually taken a job looking after pigs because he has nothing there is nothing left of the life that he imagined he was gonna have and we find him so down and out in this job with his pigs just thinking what on earth what on earth is my life come to what am I doing what am I doing here on my own I'm gonna go home I'm gonna go home and I know I probably won't be able to go back as a son but I'll go back as a servant and so he picks him up self up one day and he makes his way home but what was waiting for him was not what he expected what was waiting for him was a father who saw him coming from afar and picked up his cloak and began to run towards him. And as this father got near his son, we're told that he celebrated. He welcomed him home. He welcomed this son back with his grief, with his loss, with everything that didn't make sense. He just simply said, you're back, you're home. This is where you belong, come on in. And the other son, the older son, who saw this happening, he actually came to his dad and he said, I've been here the whole time and I've been working away for you and the dad and you didn't do anything like this for me. And the dad looks at this son in the story and he says, everything I've already got is already yours. Everything that's mine is yours. And Jesus tells this story because it's in a way that this is what God wants for us. Because maybe we find ourselves in either of these two sons in this story. Maybe we find ourselves feeling a little like the younger son, the first son. And for whatever reason, it may feel like our life is in ruins. Things don't make sense. It may be through fault of our own or not. And we are sat there and we just feel alone. And we're mourning and we are just fed up with where we are at. Well, there is a father today that is waiting to welcome us home. We can bring all of that, our grief, our questions, our confusions to him. He says, bring it into my presence. We can do that in our own rooms, in our own homes. We can simply begin to pray and say, God, this is my heart. Please, will your presence come and meet me in this place? Maybe we feel a bit like the older son. And we've just been cracking on and we've keep been keeping busy and we've carried on going. And we come to God and maybe we're like, what is happening? And God says, everything that is mine is already yours. You don't need to feel like you're just out in the field on your own observing everyone else. God doesn't just give us our joy. He gives us his very own joy. This is what God wants to, us to live in. And Jesus said this to his followers when he was here on earth. He was like, listen, the Father loves me and I love you. And I'm telling you this so that you'll remain in my love with every season in your life. You'll stay in my love because then my joy will be in you. Wherever we may find ourselves today, this is the truth that we can all know. Do you know, a couple of years ago, or well, a little while ago now, I was at an event, a gathering, and there was people there who were sharing stories, and they were in some of the most dangerous and difficult places. And they were living there, and they were also serving others there. And there was times as they were telling the reality of their lives that we wept and we prayed together. We lamented and we prayed together. And then a few hours later, 
we actually went on and we had a Kaylee together and I watched as some of these people who had spoken of these horrific circumstances they were experiencing and actually just danced their hearts out in the Kaylee. And this for me is somehow this image of what faith can look like. Joy and lament are not separate but we actually through knowing the fullness of both of them can encounter the joy of Jesus. We live today in between. God has never tried to guard or protect his joy by himself going into lockdown, but he's actually done the very opposite. Jesus came to earth and started and brought the kingdom of God to earth that was good news of joy for all people. And there is one day when he was, will be coming back and all will be made new. And we are living in this time in between. And as we live here, we have a gift. We have a gift that is the presence of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is this very presence of God that meets us in the places where we were at and whispers joy to our souls as he says, you are loved, I see you. I know you, you are not alone. This is not the end. There is healing and there is hope. And as you experience and receive and live in this joy, don't selfishly keep it to yourself, but with the freedom that it brings, serve one another humbly in love. I'm gonna pray um, and then we are gonna worship in a second again as we sing together. But if you want to join me in prayer, it may be that you have never invited God into your suffering and you want to do that for the first time today. Or maybe you know you've just been cracking on and actually we need to stop and we need to lament and remember our suffering in the light of eternity and receive what God has for us here. And so if you want to join me in prayer, whether it's your first time or your thousands, we can pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that knowing you and living with you and walking with you grows fruit in our lives that is evidence of your love. And for those of us who are watching today that need to find the space to lament, to have you meet them with your healing and your presence and your joy, I wanna thank you that you can turn homes all around this country into the temples, into churches where you will meet with people. And I pray that your presence would be very real even in this moment. And for those of us that need to remember our suffering in the light of eternity, I pray that you would help us to do just that, that we may walk freely serving each other in love, that we would remember everything that we already have access to in you. And we thank you for your words today. We thank you that you are joy. And we thank you for the gift that it is that strengthens and sustains us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.